0: Hello. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Welcome back and happy holidays.
1: It's the We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast. We're Stacey and Pete here with another holiday episode, one that we have been waiting for, (laughs) for what feels like forever, but really like a year. A year. Because I really wanted to push hard to get through those my so-called life episodes so we could get this episode out before Christmas 2022.
0: We didn't make it. No,
1: (laughs) we did not make it. So paired with all the other things that we wanted to record and the strike, we had a bit of a slower coverage of my so-called life this year than we would have liked. We did. But we're here now.
0: We are. Can you believe that it's almost the end of 2023?
1: I No, I can't believe it. It's wild, man. (laughs) Wild. It's wild. Well, there are a lot of exciting things that we need to get into. We wanted to welcome two new patrons.
0: Yes, we would. We have Tony and Kathleen. Yay! Welcome.
1: Welcome to our Patreon family. We're doing a lot of fun stuff on Patreon this holiday season. Yes. Recently, I shared a little Christmas story that I wrote as a child. Yes, you did. (laughs) For a short and sweet episode. We also covered the 1995 holiday movie, While you were sleeping.
0: As voted on by our
1: Patreon community. That's right. It was number one. It was. We also just recorded a video for Patreon. We normally just do audio, but (laughs) we did a flip through of a 1985 JCPenney Christmas catalog, the toy section.
0: We had to do a little bit of dual duty because I've been struggling to get you a list of what I wanted for Christmas this year. That's true. And so we used this as an opportunity for me to make you a list.
1: I got to check it twice, but- You do. Unfortunately, he made the list a little late.
0: A little late.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> whop, whop. So I'm getting nothing <laughs> off that list, man.
1: I mean, maybe not nothing, but some of it will probably have to wait for next year.
0: All right. Well, when it comes around next year and you're asking me for things, don't forget that we made that.
1: Oh, I won't forget. You don't forget.
0: You don't forget. You (laughs) know what was surprising? The lack of Star Wars toys that were in there.
1: Yeah, there weren't a lot.
0: There was like one page.
1: And I felt like there were definitely more pages for toys that I would be interested in rather than toys that you would be interested in.
0: That's correct. For the stuff that I was interested in, you could see what was hot at that time. Mm -hmm. Because Star Wars, you know, Return of the Jedi came out in 83. It had two cycles where it must have just died down and He-Man was hot.
1: Yes, there was a lot of He-Man.
0: There was a lot of Voltron. Mask. Yes, a lot of mask, which I loved. Although that was like cycle one. I only had a, well, I guess I had a few of those, but I had a lot more mask toys than I remembered when I, I looked at them like, man, I had a, almost all of these.
1: One would say even you had some cool memory. Unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, we have some new merch and one of the new merch designs is a set of lockers with the My So-Called Life font that says Core Memory Unlocked.
0: It's a fun one.
1: It is. And we have another one that is specific to our Facebook group called The Cozy Club. It's a great one. It is. Amy Greenbank Art did these designs for us. She also did our previous logos. And this time she did a few different characters from cartoons that we loved in the 80s. So there's a Care Bear. There's a Popple. And there's a pound puppy. And the pound puppy is wearing a little cozy cardigan. It's great. It is great. So you can find that merch at Pete's so good at this.
0: We dash don't dash wanna dash grow dash up dot myspreadshop dot com. So who do we have coming to the front of the class? for show and tell this week.
1: I'm very excited about this one. We have Cecilia Alderondo and Sarah Enid Hagee, who are the co-directors, writers of this new documentary that I watched recently on Max called You Were My First Boyfriend. So many people sent me DMs saying, "Stacy, you have to watch this documentary. They didn't really say much about it. They just said, you will understand when you watch Watch it. Obviously these are listeners of the podcast. So I watched it and was blown away and emotional and just all the things. Right. And I got Pete to watch it. And I loved it. But I shared about it to our followers, like in my Instagram stories. And I tagged Cecilia and she shared it and sent me a DM and we started chatting a little bit. And she and Sarah were gracious enough to do a show and tell for us.
0: I'm very excited as well. The documentary is incredible. It's enthralling. It tells quite the story. I don't want to give too much away about it, but it is fantastic.
1: It is, and just so many things I related to in this documentary that I know so many of you all will. The journal entries, you all know I've shared some of my journal entries here on the podcast and more recently have moved that over to our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Cecilia's way braver than me. You know, some body issues, unrequited love.
0: Too many spoilers.
1: It's not, that's very general. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but I will say to our, my so-called life fans, and I know if you're listening to this episode, You must be a My So-Called Life fan because we're about to get into a My So-Called Life episode. All I have to say is, you will love it. So without further ado, here's Cecilia.
2: Hi, my name is Cecilia, and I'm the co-director of a new film that's streaming on Max called You Were My First Boyfriend. It is a movie that is for anybody who hated high school and for the uh, nerd in all of us. I made it alongside the wonderful Sarah Enid Hagee, who is not here, but given that we were both born in 1980 and we are both total 80s, 90 culture nerds, I'm very happy to give her answers. So, uh, the first is, what is our favorite 80s movie? Now, asking us to give our favorite movie anything is kind of impossible, but we did narrow it down. For me, I put down Princess Bride and Todd Haynes' Superstar, The Karen Carpenter Story, both from 1987. Sarah has the quintessential sci-fi Blade Runner from 1982. Favorite 80s song, again, kind of impossible for us to put one favorite down, but I have the song "Kiss Off" from Violent Femmes, which I got from my sister, and the classic for Sarah "Orinoco Flow" by Enya. We all love her. Favorite 90s movie, uh, I put down Muriel's Wedding from 1994. This movie was actually very influential for both Sarah and I in making You Were My First Boyfriend. And uh, Sarah put down Terminator 2, Judgment Day, which is uh, from 1991, and I have to second it, given the presence of Eddie Furlong in that movie. Favorite 90s song, well, I have a whole album, which is Tori Amos's Little Earthquakes. I cannot uh, actually... There's a song for every mood on that album, so the whole album. And Sarah has Dreaming My Dreams by The Cranberries, RIP Dolores O'Riordan favorite 80s or 90s tv show for me it was kids in the hall which i watched endlessly with my best friend caroline who um we talk about in the movie and sarah's is peewee's playhouse and unsolved mysteries r.i.p paul rumans of course we will never be the same without him favorite gamer book For me, Anne of the Island, which, for those that don't know, is third in in the Anne of Green Gables series. It's the one where Anne Shirley goes off to college. And Sarah loved The Outsiders. She still loves Essie Hinton for giving us the timeless romantic friendship of Ponyboy and Johnny. Favorite place to go in the mall. Now, that's difficult. But for me, I had to start with the movie theater. I also put down Abercrombie and Fitch only because I would go there to look longingly at clothes that I could neither fit in nor afford. Sarah was obsessed with the and Dots ice cream stand until she then tried the aforementioned and Dots and was disappointed. Celebrity crush. Um, we've, <laughs> we have similar but different uh, answers for this one. I had Eddie Vedder and Tori Amos uh, all at the same time. And Sarah had Eddie Furlong uh, in Terminator 2 and Mary Stuart Masterson as Watts in Some Kind of Wonderful. And well, anything else nostalgia related we want to mention? Well, the little film we made called You Were My First Boyfriend is streamable now on Max. For all of you nostalgia heads, I think that this movie will speak to you. And uh, yeah, we hope you enjoy it. And uh, thanks so much. Such
1: a good show and tell. Yes, it was. There are definitely some things there that we can relate to. I know for sure they named some things that are your favorites.
0: I love me some T2 and I love me some Princess Bride.
1: Yes. And we're both big Pee-wee's Playhouse fans here. Yes, we are. Like, I will still sometimes get up and put Pee-wee's Playhouse on on a Saturday morning and all is right with the world. (laughs) 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 And I mean, and yeah, the cranberries and speaking of Tori Amos, there is a pretty special moment in the documentary. I won't give anything away, but it involves Tori. I just feel that that should be noted. Yes. fully admit to that i have never seen muriel's wedding
0: i've never even heard of it really yes
1: i've always heard of it i remember seeing the cover art at the video store but knowing that it was an inspiration for them in making this movie i want to watch it immediately
0: maybe i'll watch it
1: too oh can i get that in writing And finally, I have to say, the Abercrombie thing, I can totally relate to. Like, I couldn't fit into anything. It was so expensive. Their larges were actually smalls in other stores.
0: Now, I fit into them. I just could not afford them whatsoever. So expensive.
1: Yeah. I'd go in with my friends who could wear the clothes and who could afford them. <laughs> but staying on theme, I thought I would share something a little embarrassing about myself.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs>
1: So I once found out that someone that I had a crush on wore Abercrombie cologne woods to Ooh.
0: be to
1: be specific. Yeah. And I went and bought it.
0: You did? <laughs> Just to be able to like smell squirt it and it. smell it? Did you ever wear it? No. Okay.
1: I didn't wear it, but I did smell it and I may have sprayed a pillow.
0: Did it remind you of him?
1: Yeah. It just made me feel close to (laughs) (laughs) it. And I think that has to be like the only thing I ever bought from that store.
0: I feel like I did buy one or two things from there, I think. But I would shop at Structure.
1: (laughs) If I bought anything else from there, it would have just been like a bag or a hat, like some kind of accessory.
0: Yeah. Like you couldn't get like a hoodie. It was like $75 or something.
1: Right. Ridiculous. I couldn't zip them over my boobs, so...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Me either.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, thank you both for doing this. It's so special to us, especially after having watched You Were My First Boyfriend. Oh, and like all of our other show and tell participants do, Cecilia and Sarah sent us some great pictures. Oh, did they? Yes. One from childhood, one from their teen years, and then a current one. And what's fun is their current one is a pic of the two of them together when they were featured in People Magazine.
0: Oh. Yeah.
1: Very exciting. So congrats to you. And we wish you both the very best.
0: Yes. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. If you would like to participate in our show and tell, you can email us at We Don't Want to Grow Up Pod at gmail.com.
0: You can find us on Instagram at We Don't Want to Grow Up Pod.
1: We're on TikTok at We Don't Want to Grow Up.
0: We're on Facebook at We Don't Want to Grow Up Podcast. And if you would like to support the podcast and gain access to over 60 bonus episodes, you can come to patreon.com slash We Don't Want to Grow Up. Come check it out.
1: Yeah, we have a good time. There is one new thing that we would like to tell you about on our Instagram. We are now offering subscriptions. We're not sure exactly what all is going to be included here, but I know one of the things that I'm really thinking about doing is sharing scans of all of the magazines and catalogs that I have so that people can really look at them. Because a lot of times people are like, you're going too fast when I do my flip throughs or they just can't like pause on something to where it's clear. So, I thought it would be nice to share the scans in that way so that people can really feel like they're looking through the magazine and reading it and all of that. Another thing we talked about doing is maybe a deeper look into some of our toys that we've collected, things like that.
0: Live party sessions from the hot tub. I don't know. A lot of options (laughs) there for these subscriptions.
1: We're spitballing here. (laughs) Anyway, so if you're interested in doing that, you can find that option on our Instagram page at We Don't Want to Grow Up Pod. It's time.
0: Yes, it is. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting.
1: If I sound a little stopped up, it's because we just watched the episode. If Pete sounds a little stopped up.
0: How dare you? (laughs) It's cold outside.
1: (laughs) It's an emotional episode for sure. It is. It is episode 15 of My So-Called Life, So-Called Angels.
0: So this episode originally aired December 22nd, 1994, almost right on Christmas. Almost. We also had a guest star. We had musician, singer, and songwriter, Juliana Hatfield, who played Angel.
1: And her name is really never said in the episode. I saw somewhere where it was listed as Joy, huh? but I couldn't find that anywhere else. So I didn't write that down.
0: Yeah. We'll go um, with Angel.
1: Yeah. And that is uh, pretty on the nose, but we'll take it. Yeah. So this is a really hard episode. It is heavy. It is by far the one that makes me the most emotional every time. And I, I looked at you at one point <laughs> at a very, very emotional moment. And I was just like, almost 30 years later, this thing makes me ugly cry every single time. It does. So Ricky, sweet, sweet Ricky, is out on the streets after a fight with his abusive uncle, Angela. With the help of a mysterious girl who appears to be homeless, tries to help him, which leads to a big argument with Patty. Meanwhile, Brian faces Christmas alone, and he calls into the teen helpline for comfort where Sharon and Rayanne are working together.
0: Lots and lots going on in this episode.
1: Very true. So let's get into our favorite moments. You want to go first? Sure. Sure.
0: Early on in the episode, Angela asks Graham and Patty why they don't go to church. They're both kind of fumbling over their answer, and Angela then asks them if they believe in God. (laughs) She's just
1: slamming them with those questions.
0: She is. We find out Graham was raised Catholic, and Patty wasn't, so they have certain differences, as Patty puts it. And this is pretty funny. Finally, Danielle interrupts and says,
1: We have to keep talking about religion. It's Christmas.
0: It's Christmas.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Makes me laugh every time. (laughs) This isn't necessarily favorite moment, but something that I noticed. I noticed two new nicknames being used in this episode. One is where Ann calls Angela angel food. Look, angel food.
0: Oh, my favorite type of cake.
1: (laughs) That's true. It is part of his required birthday cake.
0: Required?
1: Yes. I feel I'm required to make that for you every year. You are. A tradition I've carried on from Pete's mom. Um,
0: Delicious. Delicious (laughs) cake.
1: It is delicious. The other nickname that made me laugh was Graham randomly calls Patty Shorty. Shorty? Well, she's like wrapping presents and she's like, what is this with Shorty? (laughs) She's pretty cranky most of the episodes. She
0: is, man. (laughs) I tell you what. We'll get into it, but she sells the part in this one.
1: But it did make me laugh because I feel like. We are constantly coming up with new nicknames for each other. We are. Sometimes they stick. Sometimes they don't.
0: We bounce around.
1: We do. Most of the time they stick. They do. (laughs) We have a long list.
0: (laughs) All right. Next on my list, Patty's talking to Graham.
1: You will not believe what Bernice and Bob Krakow did.
2: Oh, I know. But just at once, right? To make Brian.
1: (laughs) That is such a blink and you miss it moment. Oh, yeah. It is short but sweet, I will say. It is so good.
0: Graham with the zingers right there.
1: <laughs> it's definitely a dad joke, but it plays.
0: It does. I appreciate it. Yeah.
1: This actually occurs over a few moments, but it has to be noted. Jordan Catalano is actually kind in this episode. He's actually showing that he's a good person and he's aware of other people and what they're going through. Yes, It starts out where he runs into Ricky, who, you know, at the beginning of the episode, it's clear that he's just been beaten up. He's bleeding and, you know, you can just tell his face is messed up. And Jordan just picks up immediately that he needs a place to go. And he's like, I know a place I'll take you in the car. He's trying to relate to Ricky. He's telling him, you know, my old man used to knock me around, too. And he's like, but the last time, you know. I threw a chair at him or whatever. And Ricky's like,
2: I'm going to light a candle for you on Christmas Eve.
1: And Jordan's like, you think that stuff works? Which Ricky does think that it works uh, even through everything that he's going through. He still has faith. And then later, Jordan can pick up on Angela being worried about Ricky. And I think this is such a sweet moment. You brought him somewhere?
0: Yeah, he was like, I'm going to light a candle for you. And I'm like, don't waste your match. I know, I shouldn't say stuff like that. I don't even completely mean it. What? You miss him? Come on, I'll bring you there.
1: I feel like it's the first time he's ever really like...
0: Empathetic and kind of nice. Yes. But like with nothing behind it other than trying to be a good person.
1: Right. And he grabs her hand and they walk down the hall and he's like swinging their arms back and forth, being all cute.
0: Yeah. Like, what are we getting right here?
1: (laughs) Pete paused it and he's like, why is he holding her hand? (laughs) (laughs) They are broken up. (laughs) Just toying with her emotions. And I noted that he had calmed way down from his temper tantrum, which occurred all of the previous episode. It did. Like he was.
0: He was Mr. Cranky Pants.
1: He was Mr. Cranky Pants. And he's he's clearly come out of it. I don't know if the Christmas spirit has gotten to him or what, but he's he's pretty angelic this episode. He is <laughs> almost as angelic as Juliana Hatfield.
0: Almost, but not quite. <laughs> This is just a funny little moment because we've been watching so much Jersey Shore. (laughs) Graham made me think of Polly when he said, I love them all this time of year.
1: (laughs) You can barely even say it the way Graham would say it because you want to say it in full DJ Polly D mode. I love them all this time of year. It's great, though, because Graham's just being sarcastic because he doesn't want to go Christmas shopping. I was like, that reminds me of you.
0: Yes, I hate Christmas shopping. Well, I don't mind Christmas shopping. I hate getting to the mall, especially in Chattanooga, because the traffic is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. There's no way to get to that stupid mall (laughs) without there being about an hour of delay of something that should take three minutes.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm not about that life.
0: But I love going to the mall and shopping for stuff.
1: Like, I miss those days, but I would just rather buy things online now.
0: I know. It is hard to browse online. It's difficult at times.
1: Yeah, I feel like you, I mean, I don't know. Just depends on where you're looking.
0: I feel like I could go to Barnes & Noble and find 10 things for you faster than I could search online to try to find something that you didn't ask for.
1: You know what I find that I do a lot is look at the lists that like BuzzFeed and places like that put out of like... Top 20 gifts of 2023 or whatever.
0: I was just looking at top tech gifts for 2023 for stuff I might like. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what I like. Well, I do know what I like, but everything I want is extremely expensive. Yeah. So, you know, it's not not feasible.
1: True. True story.
0: (laughs) It's like a $1,200 Skeletor statue (laughs) on (laughs) slideshow.com. This is not an ad. (laughs) It's not an ad. And don't go buying that for me.
1: Don't you dare. Don't you dare. <laughs> I don't know where we'd put that thing. Oh, I do. Uh, actually, I have an idea, too. Where? Bend over and I'll show you.
0: Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. it easy.
1: Just kidding. it. Is it my turn? Yeah. Okay. This, I wouldn't necessarily say favorite moment, but I like the fact that Graham calls Patty out for not helping Ricky and he's... He's putting her on blast. He's basically like, is it because he makes you uncomfortable?
0: Yeah. He's very direct with her.
1: And she's like, why? Because he wears makeup. It's like they don't want to say the words like that he's gay. You right. know, they, they heaven forbid you say that. Yeah. You know, I know it was the 90s, but still. But yeah. He's like, well, if it was Brian that needed help, you'd help him, you know? And I just I liked that he kind of made her think a little bit.
0: I do, too, because Patty in this episode is the worst. The worst. Till the end.
1: She comes back around.
0: She's taught her lesson. (laughs) Next on my list, I love when Angela trades boots with Angel, Juliana Hatfield, Mm -hmm. while she's sleeping. She knew that she needed boots. She had just gotten a new pair of boots. So she gave her her boots. Very sweet.
1: Yes. It's very thoughtful. You know, not all teenagers are empathetic and uh, aware of just the fact that, like, I have it really good and this person does not, you know?
0: Yeah, and like willing to give up their own stuff.
1: Yeah, and she just got a brand new pair of like sweet Doc Martens. Yeah. She got them even before Christmas.
0: She did. I don't get it.
1: Well, I think her old boots were tattered. They'd been beaten up. Not as bad as angels.
0: No, angels had holes in the soles.
1: Yep, sure did. Speaking of that, when Angela first finds out about her boots, she can hear Juliana Hatfield, Angel, playing down the hall. She's in a classroom. This is the second time that angela has followed music to find a ghost
0: yeah that's true
1: (laughs) first one being of course nikki driscoll in the halloween episode you know we've seen this character of angel around before she was there when ricky fell in the snow at the beginning of the episode and he's bleeding she's keeping an eye on things but we have not heard her speak right and so she's talking to angela she's asking her if she's a friend of ricky's Not to worry about him, that she's she's keeping an eye on him. This is where she also tells her she says something like before, you know, I never wanted to be in school. I never stayed in school. But now, you know, I I find myself here a lot. And then she says it's mostly because I can't keep warm. And she shows her the bottom of her shoes and how they have holes in them. So that's the reason why Angela thought to trade out the boots with her when she sees her sleeping later. Also the song that Juliana is singing throughout the episode is called Make it Home. It's on the my so-called life soundtrack. Is it? It is and I still have that CD. I actually shared a video of it recently me showing you the the liner notes and the CD, which was fun.
0: Does Juliana perform it on the soundtrack?
1: Yes okay yeah, it's her song. I love the song and of course I really know it well just from watching the show. At least once a year for the last 30-something years. (laughs) I was wondering if I was being annoying to you because I was singing along as as she was singing.
0: You were not. I loved it.
1: (laughs) You have to say that.
0: No, I do not. (laughs) All right, last non-joint one on my list. Brian shows up just as Patty is leaving to go find Angela. He's fumbling over his words, as Brian does, as to why he's there. And Patty cracked me up.
2: Hi. I was just, you know... Had nothing, like, planned, so I, so. So what? Spit it out. <laughs> <Like> she <laughs>
0: she just has no time for Brian. I loved it. It just made me laugh.
1: I mean, she was really stressed in the moment, too. She was worried about Angela, but poor Brian.
0: I mean, listen, he just takes his time in response at times.
1: Well, he's just awkward, too, and he didn't want to actually just outright say, like, I'm freaking lonely, Yeah, you know? My parents went on a 10-day cruise without me. Way to go. Way to go, Bernice and Bob.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, I just have a few more. The moment where Brian and Angela are sitting on the floor by the Christmas tree and they're just chatting and they're kind of bickering too. She's telling him about Ricky and where he is, which actually this is the conversation Patty and Graham over here, which causes all the chaos later. But they're sitting by the fire. It just feels like a very 90s living room and a cozy moment. And I love it. Not for any other reason than just that it feels cozy.
0: It is very cozy.
1: Next, when Brian is hanging out at the Chase's house, he calls the teen helpline. He finds the flyer and he calls and Rayanne answers. I think it's funny because he does not recognize Rayanne's voice. To me, she has a very recognizable voice. Yeah. But he tells her that his name is Steve (laughs) and she goes, hi, Steve. And then immediately covers the mouthpiece of the phone Looks at Sharon and says, it's Brian Krakow, (laughs) (laughs) which again, poor Brian. He's like confessing how lonely he is. And he starts crying and he thinks that he's talking to a stranger. He does. But Rayanne snaps him out of it. She does. One would say you didn't really like that moment.
0: I did not. This one was a little awkward for me. Not my favorite. I get why Rayanne is doing that, but I don't know. Just a little out of place for a teen helpline. Though maybe it helped him, so I could be wrong.
1: Yeah, well, she's turning it into another hotline. Yes. That would have been available in the 90s.
0: And it would have started with a 900 number.
1: Yep. I actually wrote that down for sign of the times, but we can go ahead and say it now. <laughs> just in general, teen helplines, hotlines, 900 numbers, you know, there was a 900 number for everything. There was. Some of them I wish I could share on like our Instagram, but I just feel like that it'll get taken down. Some you think of the so? ones that used to run like really late at night, like with all the women. Oh, yes. You know? Yes. There was even like a 1-800 cry where you could just call and cry to somebody, but it, it didn't feel like as welcoming as like a... You know, they do have hotlines now to help people that are depressed and and suicide prevention hotlines and things like that. I don't know how often people use them. I hope they do. But I feel like overall, those kind of things have gone away with the Internet. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. Specifically, like the the 900 number industry, you don't see ads for it anymore. They could still very well exist. I don't really know. I don't know why they would, but they could.
1: I was looking at a compilation of 900 numbers earlier. It was like New Kids on the Block, Paula Abdul, Bobby Brown, Motley Crew. I know the Coreys had one, like Corey Heyman, Corey Feldman. So many had it. The Smurfs, Freddy Krueger. The list goes on and on.
0: So would you just call to hear them say something? Yeah, a
1: recorded message. But oh, I wow. think people, especially kids, thought that they were like actually talking to them. Yeah. Or that they would be, which is why they called.
0: Did you ever call one? Yeah.
1: <laughs> you so, did? Not from my house. But I was at my friend Amanda's house, and we called the New Kids on the Block hotline yeah. several times, and we got in trouble when that phone bill came. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wonder, I wonder how much it was.
1: I don't. I feel like it was a couple hundred dollars. A I, couple
0: hundred I'm dollars? Not sure,
1: maybe not from you guys, from us calling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it adds up. What it's like two dollars a minute or something like that. I don't know. Oh, my goodness. It probably wasn't a couple hundred dollars. It probably was like a hundred dollars or like eighty dollars or something. (laughs) I'm sure my parents like helped pay for it.
0: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I don't think I ever called one and paid for it.
1: Whenever I've posted about it, hundreds of people have commented that they called and got in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, most of them say like, kids, make sure to have permission from your parents before you call, but not all of them did. But I think the appeal of it then was, you know, we didn't have access to celebrities. I mean, it was only like what was on TV, what was in the magazines, and that was it. That's why those things don't work now, because we have so... Unless you're like a superstar, like Brad Pitt or somebody, you have access to these people. You see what they're eating for breakfast or and a lot of them will go on Instagram live. Like maybe that's their version, because a lot of people, if you have a lot of followers, you get paid for going live and things like that. Yeah. But yeah, that's why they don't, you know, plus a lot of people don't talk on the phone anymore either. That's true. Like me. But there used to be in the 90s, there used to be a lot of teen helpline episodes of TV. Sure. Like I remember Beverly Hills 902101 where Brenda got really involved in a situation. And I know that there were others like that, too. You know what else I feel like doesn't happen anymore? Telethons. Oh, yeah. That was such a big deal. And I remember it'd be so exciting when they would have celebrities there answering the phone. Then you could actually talk to them. Right. I never did it, but I always like thought about it feel like that was more of an 80s thing. I'm sure it happened in the 90s, too, but.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking like Jerry Lewis.
1: Right. I would just sit and watch it.
0: Yeah. Well, it was like a production, right? They would have. Yeah, they
1: put on a show. Yeah,
0: acts, come on, things like that.
1: Yeah. But again, it's not something you see. No. Now they'll just do like a Zoom call with a bunch yes, of celebrities. They do. <laughs> so this last moment kind of ties into our joint Favorite moment. Patty is looking for Angela. She runs into Angel, Julianne Hatfield, and she's talking to her. She notices the boots. She says, You know, my daughter has those same boots because I think she thought it was Angela at first. And they have a back and forth. Angel kind of is telling her, like, how she became homeless and she had a fight with her mom, you know, the kind where it seems like the fight is having you which is a direct quote that Patty said to Graham a little while earlier in the evening, which I think is what first let Patty know that this person was not human.
0: Yes. So I was very confused, but I pulled a classic me moment of interrupting these emotional moments for you, not realizing that I am. Yeah. Because I'm like, uh, pause it. And I look over and you're just bawling. <laughs> I'm like, well, I've done it again. I've done it again.
1: Well, this was when it was just gearing up for me when it starts getting emotional because Patty realizes and she says, how did you die?
0: And I'm like, how did Patty know that she was dead?
1: <laughs> so then I'm just like, really? And so I have to explain to him like a little bit of how she might have picked up on that.
0: Still doesn't make a lot of sense to me.
1: Uh, yeah, well. It's a Christmas episode.
0: It's one of the best episodes of television that I've ever seen. Oh. It is, hands down.
1: It is a great episode. I feel like it's very down the middle, which is surprising to me. Between this one and the Halloween episode, you either really love it or you hate it. Really? But some people don't like it because they just they felt like the show was so real, so authentic to, oh. to what it was like being a teenager in the 90s, and these two escaped that. But I don't know. I feel like there's an element of magic to them that I like in a holiday episode.
0: I do as well. But I mean, I feel like outside of Angel, it is representative of what can and does occur.
1: Of, yes. I mean, it was talking about teenage homelessness and they didn't really say it. But I mean, also just with the LGBTQ community and homelessness and like what a big deal all of that was and is, you know, bringing awareness to that. Is very real. Right. I do think a lot of Christmas episodes deal with hard things and homelessness is one of them that you see even on like a TGIF Christmas episode, you know, but this was definitely in a more real way. Right. Obviously, because we were ugly crying down there a little while ago. We? Oui,
0: how dare you? <laughs> I just had something in my eye.
1: Oh, is, is that what it or is? Or both is
0: my eyes, sorry.
1: At the same time. <laughs> So Patty's upset. Obviously, she realizes that this girl didn't make it. And Angel had been kind of comparing herself to Angela. Another toss of the dice. I could be in her shoes. She could be in mine. Which is also kind of a callback to the switched boots. Yep. And then Patty is like looking up to the sky and and crying and saying, God, you know, help me. And then she looks back again and Angel is gone. And Patty finds her way into the church. Which we found out a little while ago is where the police took all of the homeless people to the basement of the church. But Patty didn't know that. right? So she walks into the church doors. And this leads us to really the whole end of the episode, which is a joint favorite moment for us.
0: Yeah, the ending where Patty is walking into the church. We see Ricky lighting one of the candles. The choir is singing, which is just absolutely ethereal and magical. It's quite the moment.
1: It is. And then Ricky looks up and sees Patty, and they, they have this moment.
0: It's got to be the most emotional moment in this show overall. I can't think of another one that karate kicked me in my heart.
1: <laughs> it's true. I agree a thousand percent. They see each other. They walk towards each other slowly, you know, again, with the help of the choir singing. And they're both, you know, teary. Patty grabs Ricky's hand, and then he just kind of falls into her arm. I'm crying now. <laughs> he did. <does. laughs> He just kind of falls into her arms and she holds him and they hug. And oh,
0: it's so sweet.
1: It is so sweet. And it's just it's like it's everything that he needed. And it's good to see her finally like put her guard down regarding him and realizing like this kid needs you.
0: Yeah, just because overall in this episode, Patty is so frustrating, right? Like constantly doing what you wouldn't want somebody to do. She's the villain for this whole episode. She's the Scrooge. She's the Scrooge.
1: It's true. Kind of. It is kind of like a loose Christmas carol in a way, like without like the ghost of Christmas past, present and future, but kind of.
0: That's hard for me to to get those links. So if you say so.
1: Well. Then
0: I trust you.
1: I, listen, I, again, very loosely, but also I wrote this down in Signs of the Times. But I, well, earlier they are watching It's a Wonderful Life is on in the TV earlier in the episode which is, you know, the whole angel thing.
0: I've never seen It's a Wonderful (laughs) Life, so I don't know.
1: Upsetting. But there's that, which also that's where we get the ending of every episode, the and dance by the light of the moon that we play at the end of our podcast episode every time that we yes recap my so-called life. Because the, the production company, I guess, is what it is, is Bedford Falls, which is the setting for It's a Wonderful Life. That's why in the pilot episode, It's a Wonderful Life is playing on the TV.
0: And what does And Dance by the Light of the Moon have that, to do with it?
1: That song is from It's a Wonderful Life.
0: It is? Yes. Ah, That's okay. why they
1: play that song when they're showing the Bedford Falls thing at the end of each episode. Gotcha. So there's that. But then later, Danielle is watching like a cartoon version of A Christmas Carol. I don't know what year it's from. It looks like it's older than 90s. And then later, when Brian is sitting there in their living room, there's a different version of A Christmas Carol playing. And each time they're talking about Ebenezer Scrooge. I mean, maybe there's no real meaning to that, but.
0: I struggle finding those types of links. So you can't count on me to be like, Oh, I see that. Because yeah, I don't get it.
1: I mean basically we were saying Patty was being very cranky, very, you know, not getting it earlier in the episode, and then she gets it by the end.
0: Okay. That I see.
1: It's not it's not the same. It's not like the three ghosts and all of that. Fair enough. She did see a ghost.
0: She did see a ghost.
1: And it did change her perspective.
0: If only she had said, God bless us everyone at the end.
1: Anyway, so then Angela comes up from the basement of the church, looks in and sees her mom and Ricky standing there hugging at the front of the pews. And she walks over and it's more emotions and more tears as she and Ricky hug. And then she sees her mom and then she mom hug and it's, oh, oh, I'm going to cry again.
0: It's quite the moment.
1: It's and again, it's if you know, you know, you know how it felt to have that music playing and This all happening, there's no dialogue. And it's also a great bit of acting on everyone's part. It is. A little bit later, the three of them are sitting in the pew, and then the doors open, and we see Graham and Danielle and Brian Krakow come through the church doors. And so then he comes and touches Patty's arm and they all turn around and see each other. And it's even more (laughs) even more emotions. And the music builds, and even Angela and Danielle share like a little look between each other, and they're smiling. You don't get a lot of sisterly love between the two.
0: They are sisters after all. They have to love each other occasionally.
1: Yes. But I mean, it's also a very real moment because it's like, okay, well, when the real goes down, you know who your family is and uh you do love each other at the end you of do. the day. You
0: do. <laughs> Even Mandy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Somebody should just tell her that you're just gonna keep keep talking smack smack about her until she listens.
0: Yep. <laughs> I'll tell her. <laughs> We're dogging you out on the podcast, Mandy.
1: (laughs) We love Mandy.
0: We do, but only if she's listening. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun then too. We cut to shots of Ryan and Sharon at the call center. Sharon has one of the funniest laughs of all time. If you've never (laughs) noticed it, go back and check it out. Made me, made me laugh.
1: We had to rewind it a few times.
0: We did. And then we cut to the shot of Jordan sitting by himself in what looks like a window, but he's lighting a candle.
1: Yeah. What Ricky said impacted him. It did. <laughs> but then we cut to the whole crew leaving the church and the camera's pulling out. We're seeing them from above. And then we see kind of over Juliana Hatfield's shoulder, the angel's shoulder. She's looking down on them, watching. And she kind of turns her head, looks away. And then the next... Oh, I get chills just thinking about it. The next thing you see... Her angel wings just like swoop over the camera and off she goes. Like yeah, you don't she see like anything. flies away. Yes, that's insinuated, but you yes. only see the the wing uh oh, have chills. But <laughs> it's just it's magical. It is it's magical. And so yeah, so it's like even though it was insinuated throughout the whole episode, you don't really know until you see her. I mean, she does say she died earlier, but maybe you don't know she's an angel until you see that.
0: Yeah, we didn't know that for sure. Yeah,
1: she could just be a ghost. She
0: could just be a ghost. <sighs>
1: It's a great episode.
0: It is. Even though it's great, we do have some least faves. I've mentioned many times that Patty is definitely my least favorite throughout the whole episode, but there's others. I get very upset when Danielle, I'm not often upset with Danielle, but when she is rude to Ricky, she says, isn't it kind of late at night to like drop by?
1: Danielle just always being so blunt. Yes. No filter on that 11 year old.
0: Go to bed, Danielle. Go to bed. If it's so late. And then Graham and Patty questioning Angela about what happened to Ricky. She's asking them if he can just stay for one. She doesn't think uh, correctly that he has anywhere to go. So she wants him to have someplace to stay. And then Patty says it's not their place. And while they're arguing about it, Ricky can hear and Ricky takes off. <laughs> it's so sad. Uh,
1: it's so heartbreaking.
0: And then finally, when Patty decides to go with Graham to the police station and reports about that warehouse that's on Tennessee Ave. What does she think is going to happen? These poor kids. It's all her fault. It is all her fault. Now, they did end up bringing them to the church. So it is a better place than that warehouse, I guess. But she didn't know that. They could have just taken them all to jail.
1: Yep. Yep. But again, I'm sure that because the police came, not everybody went to the church. I'm sure that a lot of people took off because they thought they might be arrested. Right. So who knows where they ended up.
0: They probably froze Oh. like Angel did.
1: So sad. My least favorite moment is really just Ricky being sad and hurt. I can't take it. It was rough. Just, I mean, the beginning of the episode starts out with him falling down in the snow and there's
0: he's bleeding. Blood and
1: and just... He's just so, um, like, you can just tell he's so uncomfortable. He's so embarrassed. He doesn't want to ask people for help, but he's also like, your house smells amazing. And, and you know, that's what leads Angela to feeding him and, and things like that. He mentions that he had gone to Rayanne's first and Amber's boyfriend, Rusty, was uh, not the friendliest, which we know was he was a big jerk face. I'm glad we didn't see that. And then he had gone to Brian's, and then he went there. He's just house hopping around, and he just doesn't have a place. And it's so, it's so sad.
0: Yeah, I feel for Ricky. Oh, me
1: too. Wilson Cruz, by the way, is just the best. I love him so much. And you know, even just since starting, we don't want to grow up. I've just had a few interactions with him, and he's always been so kind. And I just love him. I just want to be his best friend,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ricky and Wilson. Ah. <laughs> oh. All right, signs of the time. There aren't too many this time, but there's still few. This actually, not necessarily a sign of the time, but it brought up nostalgic feelings for me. So when Angela is sitting at the piano at the beginning of the episode, she's just piddling and she's playing Silent Night. There's sheet music there. It just brought me back. To being a kid and hearing a piano being played by somebody who wasn't great at playing the piano. I mean, also hearing people who were great at playing the piano, but just even myself, you know, like I I took piano lessons as a kid and I had sheet music and I used to think that I was better than I was, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But even just like being at my aunt and uncle's house on Thanksgiving and there's a piano there and there would always be some kid piddling around on the piano. We had a piano, it was in our playroom downstairs in the basement. So you would always hear. Whenever we had friends over, somebody would be messing with that piano, you know? So it just, I don't know, something about hearing that took me back. I know that pianos still exist today. I don't know how many people still have them in their homes, you know? I don't know. I mean, we still have the one that's at my mom's house and my aunt still has hers there, but...
0: We have a keyboard. Yes. Good luck playing that thing.
1: <laughs> well, you got your rolly seaboard last year and you don't play it.
0: Because it's hard. It's very complicated to play it.
1: All right. But still, like, it's not a sound that I hear anymore. So, right. something about hearing that just kind of, I don't know, brought back some feelings for me. Of course, Angela's Docs, which they still make. I just got a pair last year. I love them. But, you know, like, that's the time when I started paying attention to those kind of boots and mostly because of this show.
0: I never had any. No. I had knockoffs, but yeah. I never had actual Doc Martens.
1: I had knockoffs, too, as a oh, teen. okay. So, yeah, you got me my first real pair last year.
0: <laughs> All right.
1: <laughs> Christmas cards, okay. I know that that's also something that still happens today.
0: Yes, we get many Christmas we cards. We do. We
1: don't send them out, and it's no offense to anyone else. We just don't do it.
0: I'm just not a card sender. I'm a very good card receiver. <laughs> I appreciate every single one.
1: I do too, but I do feel like the pressure of it. Well, I don't know. Maybe there's pressure if if you're a person who worries about that sort of thing. I think because I was single for so long in my 20s that I just didn't like when I first moved to Florida, I would send cards to people for a couple years and then I kind of stopped doing that and I just never picked it back up. Yeah. And then I thought about it like when you and I got together and maybe we did it even our first year, like we had a cute Christmassy picture of us that we put on a card and sent out. Or maybe I thought about doing it.
0: We did have a photo shoot with photos that would have been good for one.
1: Yes. We used to take a lot of pictures. We don't really take a lot of pictures anymore either. No. But there's a moment where Patty gets a card from a family that they had just stopped sending cards to like the previous year. Well, she's like, now I can't send it because they're going to think that I just sent it because they sent us one. You know, there's a lot of drama attached to that.
0: (laughs) Well, it was kind of like a form of, you know, social media of some kind, right? It's like, how else would you see photos of somebody across the country that you hadn't spoken to or you couldn't see? Regularly. Right. So you wanted to see their yearly photo.
1: Right. And I even saw just in a, a recent Christmas movie I watched that's new this year where somebody sent out an annual Christmas newsletter where they caught everybody up on their family. Oh, wow. I'm just like, that seems like a lot of effort. But maybe that's just something that people with kids do. Maybe I just feel like if we're friends on social media, then I mean, I don't post a lot of personal stuff anymore. But previously, like you would have just kind of kept up with me that way.
0: I feel like people just wouldn't care. Like, would they read it?
1: Yeah, I don't think people really do. Okay, care. I think it means more to the person sending it than the person getting it. I don't know. Maybe it matters to some people. But all of that is to say that I remember when we would get them, my mom would keep them all. And I used to love going through and opening them and seeing who sent us Christmas cards.
0: It's very exciting.
1: And back then it wasn't even like... Picture Christmas cards. It was just a Christmas card. With like a, a
0: Hallmark card. Yeah. Wow. Like a
1: Christmassy cover on it. Huh. It was before the days of, you know, making the card with the cool picture of your family on it or whatever. Mm. So anyway, there's that. There's a moment where it's actually sad because Ricky doesn't have any money and he's asking Reagan and Angela if they have any quarters so he can get a candy bar at school. But it did remind me of always trying to remember to have change on me from elementary school to high school so that I could get stuff out of the vending machines. I just don't it's not something that, you know, in my current life that I had have to think about.
0: I didn't really have the option to do it until high school, but I don't think I ever really got much out of the vending machines. If we had one, I don't even know if we had one in in public school. In public school? Yeah. I'm trying to think where it would be. I don't know that we did. Maybe, Maybe there was in the cafeteria. Maybe.
1: Ours were like in the commons area right outside the cafeteria. And then there were some more around the corner outside the gym.
0: Yeah. I can't remember. I feel like all the snacks and everything that you would get for the games in the gym, you had to get from like a snack window.
1: Oh, like okay. a concession stand? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, we always had them. And then we had them in elementary school too. And we had snack time where everybody would go line up outside the vending machines. And you could get during the week, every day other than Friday, you know, you could get a snack, like a bag of chips or crackers or something like that. And then you could get, we had like a minute made machine. So you get like a juice.
0: Get a juice, some grape juice.
1: I wouldn't get grape juice.
0: What would you get?
1: I mean, whatever was red. Like they fruit had a punch. bunch. I don't like fruit punch. They had a bunch of different flavors. Oh,
0: strawberry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> strawberry or cherry for sure. But then on Fridays, you could get a drink out of the. Soda machine, the Coke Oh, they machine. wouldn't
0: let you get a soda during the week?
1: Nope. Only on Friday afternoon. Wow. And it would be like before or after we went out on to the playground. Probably before. I think we stopped and got them and took them with us to the playground. And we would sit down on this like wooden slat and everybody would drink their soda. But then you go play. They'd be like, run out the sugar. <laughs> That feels familiar.
0: That sounds amazing.
1: I don't think we were allowed to bring them in the classroom. So I think if it was like raining, we probably sat in the breezeway because it was covered and did it. And then if it was like really cold, we probably just sat right there against the wall in the commons area, like where the vending machines were and drank them there. This was elementary school. Later, though, we had two breaks, one in the morning, one in the afternoon that were like 15 minutes. So if you had time to run over to where the machines were to get a snack and eat it before class, didn't really make a lot of sense. And then we were mostly getting stuff like that at lunch, get a soda. I'd get like a bag of combos.
0: You know how I love. Combos. I know. I don't know that life though. We didn't have that life.
1: That's wild to me. Remember, on my so-called life, they had that machine that was outside that had fruit in it. Yeah, like Rayanne would just be banging on it, and Jordan would be like, "How much did you lose?" And she's like, "Uh, nothing." <laughs> <laughs> she was just trying to get the fruit. <laughs> Anyway. All right. So Sharon is very festive in this episode. She's wearing like a lot of Christmassy stuff. She's got some ornament earrings and Christmas light necklaces. She's got like a plaid bow, a plaid dress, a green cardigan. She's going all in. She walks out to the mirror in the bathroom and Ryan is there and she's like, damn, my Santa Claus pin stupid nose broke. And Rayan's like, I'm just gonna leave that one there. That's too easy. She's just like, you're ridiculous with all your Christmas stuff. <laughs> Although it's like, like Rayan has any room to talk about accessories, what, what anyone's wearing. Yes. Later on, when they're at the teen helpline, Sharon has on like a. Just a fun blue Christmas sweater, probably what people nowadays would wear to an ugly Christmas sweater party. But those were just Christmas sweaters back then. (laughs) (laughs) And she's wearing the jingle bell earrings, which really took me back because I feel like almost every girl or at least every like cheerleader type girl in middle school would wear those jingle bell earrings to school during Christmas time.
0: I don't think I noticed them. Yeah. I'll have to look at them. You will. I will.
1: And I've even, you know, because people submit their photos to me to share on social media. And I've gotten a lot of pictures of girls that were teenagers during that time wearing those Jingle Bell earrings.
0: Well, Merry Christmas. <laughs> but
1: of course, I'm pretty sure it's an outfit we've seen, but it's what feels like Angela's uniform, right? It's like the plaid buttoned down over a floral dress with her tights and her boots. Like it's just a very Angela outfit. Angela's setting the table, her parents' dining room table, and she's very excited because she plans on having Ricky and, quote, that girl over um, (laughs) for Christmas Eve dinner. Of course, Patty squashes that idea really quickly.
0: Good job, Patty.
1: (laughs) But the decor reminded me a lot of my kitchen growing up, which was just red everywhere. This wasn't red everywhere. There was a plaid tablecloth where we would have had a red tablecloth, but there were just red candlesticks in the centerpiece, and And then the plates that she's putting down have the Christmas trees on them, like the decorated Christmas trees, which we had, I think, still have. So that brought up a lot of memories for me. And then finally, the ladies in the choir at the end, just their dresses and their hairstyles felt very 90s.
0: Yes, it did. (laughs) Okay, and I've got a few. Graham in the beginning is hanging up a fantastic set of lights. It's those big bulbs that I think were painted and we had those on our house as I got older, I had to hang those. I think of it now and I'm a little scared of how high up I was hanging these <laughs> lights, but I had to help. But those lights are incredible.
1: I love that even one of them is white. Yes. I don't remember there being a white one. Oh, yeah. Like mixed in with the colors. You know what I mean? It's like, I think the only colors there, it looks like red, blue, green and white.
0: Yes. But it, I mean. it had to be white. So it would glow like the rest of them.
1: Yeah. Because sure otherwise
0: right. it would just be, you would just see the filament on the inside.
1: Right. Yeah, we never had the big ones like that. Like now uh, we have some, but yeah, we just always had smaller lights growing up. I wish we had had the big ones.
0: I think we have a new flannel on Jordan in this episode.
1: It did feel new.
0: I think we decided it was turquoise and navy.
1: Yes, he looks good in it. Plus he's wearing it over like a black t-shirt and of course his black leather choker.
0: Part of his uniform. Yes, Okay. next up, Graham and Patty, when they overhear Angela telling Brian where Ricky is, Patty says, don't you think we should do the right thing? And Graham says, who are you, Spike Lee?
1: (laughs) Which, of course, Spike Lee, you know, wrote, directed and starred in Do the Right Thing in 1989. Just the reference is very of the time.
0: It is. I never watched. Do the right thing.
1: I think I saw it like in the early 90s, but I haven't seen it in a long time.
0: I watched a lot of other Spike Lee stuff, but I, I still have never watched that one. And finally, a car that I coveted. For a little while. It was the Honda CRX. I think it was like 88 to 92 version. Mm -hmm. I wanted that car so bad. (laughs) It is so ugly now, but I loved it.
1: I just love because it it doesn't have anything to do with the show or anything. It's just a car that somebody pulls up behind. And Pete was just like, Honda CRX. (laughs) He was very excited. Yes. That wraps up the My So-Called Live Christmas episode. We finally did it. And the next episode will be episode 16, Resolutions. But because of our break, we will be covering a New Year's episode probably in March. (laughs) Yes. It'll be a while.
0: It'll be a little while.
1: Taking a little break. We need it. We do. But we do have one more fun episode coming out. That will kind of wrap up our year. So don't miss out on that one. It's a laugh. It's a real laugh.
0: It's gonna be good times.
1: Yes. Yes, that's all for now. Hope you're enjoying your holiday season. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Way to go, Bernice and Bob. Bill. What is it? Bob.
0: We had lots of big ones. <laughs> <laughs> Where is it from? I don't know. Uh, wait, wait, let me look. Okay, somebody's gonna get it for me.
1: <laughs>
2: by the light of the moon.